offering my loving pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet. Brother Dr. Ravi, respected elders, sisters and brothers. Na tapamsi na tirthani na shastrani japanahi sansar sagarodhare sajjanam sevanam bina. These are beautiful lines which we often heard our beloved Bhagwan sharing with us. It is not by tapas or austerity, nor by going on tirthas or pilgrimages. neither by reading the scriptures, the shastras, nor by chanting continuously the name of the Lord that you attain nirvana. If you want to cross this ocean of samsara, Swami said, there is only one way, serve the good people. It was a Sankranti day. Sri Krishna was enjoying eating sugar cane with his wives. As he was eating the sugar cane, a sharp edge cut his little finger and the finger started bleeding. The reaction of the people around was unique. Each one responded according to their own temperament. The moment Rukmini saw Sri Krishna's finger bleeding, she rushed into the house to get some bandage cloth. Satyavama, another wife of Sri Krishna, summoned her servants. What are you doing simply standing here? Do you not see? Krishna's finger is bleeding. Go get some bandage cloth. Somberi Satyabhama, Swami used to say. Somberi means the lazy one. Rukmini went herself, but Satyabhama is calling her maid servants, you go and get. It was a festival day and all were wearing new saris. Draupadi saw the bleeding finger without a second thought she took the edge of her sari tore it rushed to Sri Krishna and bandaged the little finger before anybody else could react without batting an eyelid that was the instantaneous response 
ऑफ द्रौपदी इन हर आवर ऑफ ग्रेटेस्ट नीड वेन शी वॉज इन दरबार हॉल ऑफ हस्तिनापुर her five husbands were present there and they were no ordinary people dharma raja the embodiment of righteousness till that point of time the king of the land arjuna the greatest archer that the world had ever seen bhima a man whose strength was deemed to be equal to that of a thousand elephants with such powerful husbands on the scene there was no one to come to her rescue when she was being humiliated in her father-in-law's court at that point of time she cries to sri krishna sri krishna hears the call and this is what is very significant draupadi was like krishna's sister when draupadi is calling to sri krishna he is asking himself sister draupadi is calling me she needs me but why should i go to her rescue look at the dilemma of the lord he has made the law and he has to enforce the law and draupadi is calling out krishna 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 at one point she leaves her sari till that point of time she was carrying the sari she leaves the sari and holds both her hands krishna at that moment sri krishna remembered that sankranti day how his finger was bleeding and he said draupadi deserves my grace and he said akshaya a great exponent of the shrimad bhagavatam which is the story of sri krishna written by vyasa once said i am not jealous of handsome people i am not jealous of wealthy people i am jealous of devout people the devotees of the lord like the pandavas who purchase the lord wholesale the grand father arjuna 
made the Lord an unpaid chauffeur for 18 days of the Mahabharata war. The grandson, Parikshit, made the Lord a co-tenant in his mother's womb. And Draupadi, what shall we say of Draupadi? She converted the Lord into a textile mill. So she said, I am not jealous of wealthy people. I am jealous of devout people. Swami used to say, Seva is man's birthright. It's a unique opportunity given to man. Serve that you may be saved. Serve that you may be saved. I refer to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Let us come to the Sai Bhagavatam. It was in the early 90s, a devotee of the trust in the state of Tamil Nadu in India, a devotee by name Mr. T.G. Krishnamurti. was proceeding towards Prashantinilayam from Bangalore. He was there in the car along with his wife and a friend. Somewhere on the way, the car met with an accident, somersaulted four times in the air and fell upside down with the wheels facing the sky. For quite some time, all of them lost their consciousness. One by one, they came back to consciousness. Mr. Krishnamurti found that his friend was safe. His wife had a few bruises, but he himself suffered a collarbone fracture. With great difficulty, they came out of the car. They rang up to some relations in Bangalore and almost a month later he reached Prashantinilyam. The first person he met in Parthi was Captain Oberoi who was in charge of the Sri Satisai airport. And Mr. Oberoi asked Krishnamurti, how is your collarbone fracture? And he was so surprised because he had not told anybody in Parthi about the accident. He was very surprised. He said, who told you? He said, Swami. And they shared notes. Mr. Oberoi said, I was sitting on the, in the mandir on the day of your accident. Swami came out of the interview room. He looked at me and he said, Your friend Krishnamurti, Donna Pota, he had an accident. He, Buffalo, he had an accident. He was driving too fast. 
And Mr. Oberoi's face became very small, thinking that everything is over, his friend is no more. But Swami said, he is saved, he is saved. So, Krishnamurti was so grateful to Swami that he saved his life. A few days later, Swami came over to Vrindavan and one day he asked Krishnamurti to speak to some devotees from Japan who had come there. And because this was uppermost in his mind, he started narrating about this accident and he said, Swami saved my life. And Swami corrected him, I did not save your life. Krishnamurti said, no Swami, you saved my life. And Swami reiterated, I did not save your life. No Swami, you only have saved my life. Then Swami explained, I did not save, your karma phala has saved you. Swami explained to him, Krishnamurti, you used to do seva in the Sai organization. And so many people benefited from your service. And out of gratitude, they would come to you and thank you. At that point of time, what would you do? You would tell them, don't thank me, thank Satisai Baba. He is doing this for you. And all their grateful prayers would reach me. And I kept accumulating it in your bank account. You know, Swami used to say, I keep a bank account for each one of you, the divine banker. One minute before the accident was to take place, I checked up your bank account. I knew the accident was coming. I checked up your bank account and I found that there was enough bank balance to save you. And what Swami said is something very significant. He said, Your karma phala without taking my permission flew out from the bank account and rushed to your rescue to save you. I did not save you. Your karma phala has saved you. Bhagwan's greatest contribution to our lives is not that he has given us life. Yes, he has given us life. One day in the mandir, I was seated there when I was still a student. Swami came up to a senior student and asked him, What's your name? And the boy expressed his name and uh, Swami said, That's a girl's name. And all the students around, the boys around started giggling. There were only two people who did not laugh. The first was the boy himself and the second was myself because we knew a little bit of the background. The boy had told that when he was about to be born, his father had prepared a horoscope for himself 
he was a very good astrologer. And he looked up his horoscope and he found that he was going to be blessed with a baby girl. So they had already decided the name of the child. When the child was born, it was born as a boy. So they were starstruck. How do you… they have already selected the name. So they just abridged the name a little to make it appear as if it is a boy's name. Years later, Swami was reminding him, you were supposed to be born as a boy, as a girl, I changed it to be that of a boy. Even for our birth, whether you are born as a boy or a girl, whether you are born today or three days later, the principal of our higher secondary school at Prashantin Lim was about to have a child and his wife was having lots of problems, so he wanted desperately to tell Swami and that is the time when Swami was avoiding him for two days, three days. Finally the child was born after the third day, great difficulty. And when the child was born, he went to the mandir to tell Swami. And that is the day when Swami came and he said, you know, the last three days were very inauspicious. I did not want the child to be born on an inauspicious day. That is why I chose this day for her. Whether he talks to you or doesn't talk to you, he has already done what needs to be done. So we have to be grateful to Bhagwan for life, but not merely life, for the way of life that he has shown us to live. And that life is a life which he himself lived, a life of selfless service. The Satisai Seva organization today is a global organization. But let me share with you, you know, every tree, a giant tree had a small beginning. And the beginning of the Satisai Seva organization as a seed was in the year 1961, Dasara celebrations. The Yagnam was over in the auditorium. I don't know whether the auditorium was there at that point of time. Wherever it was conducted, Swami returned after the Purnahuti to the Mandir. And he spoke to devotees. And in his discourse, he said, We are starting the Sri Satisai Seva organization today. Y'all can join as members in the Sai organization. And those who elect to render selfless service under the auspices of this organization, this is a declaration, mind you, he made not today, not yesterday, not ten years ago. 1961, he said, those who render selfless service as members of this Sri Satisai Seva organization, they not only they, 
their children, not only their children, their grandchildren, all of them shall be redeemed from the cycle of birth and death. It's an assurance which Bhagwan has given to all his devotees who have come forward to participate in the divine mission. But he said, the test is going to be very, very severe. And I will see how many of you will survive the test and serve till the very end. To be a part of the organization is a blessing of Bhagwan to each one of us. It's his gift to us. Dr. Fani Manda, a devotee of Bhagwan, a dentist by profession, late Dr. Fani Manda once asked Swami, Swami, what is the purpose of the Sai organization in your mission? Swami said, nothing. He was taken aback. He said, Swami, nothing. Swami said, nothing. He couldn't digest it. He said, Swami, then what for is this huge organization which has spread all over the world? And Swami said, it is only for your Chitta Shuddhi. Not for me. Swami does not need any one of us for his mission. Let us be clear in our minds. It is we who need him. It is we for our own redemption who have to participate in that divine mission. It is for our own selves. Swami can do his mission on his own. Once it so happened, it was in Kodaikanal. Swami had gone with a group of students and teachers. And one day he was looking for something. And out of nowhere it materialized, it just became available and a devotee in ecstasy expressed his joy. He said, Swami, you made the sankalpam and it is available here. You know what Swami said? I don't make sankalpam for all these small little things. I made only one sankalpam, one determination, one resolution, one thought. What is that sankalpam? to take avatar, everything else follows from that. Everything else follows from that. How should we do Sai Seva? Many organizations today do service. 
But the Sathya Sai Seva organization does not merely do service, it does service which is dedicated to the divine. And that's why it becomes spiritual. Of course, everything is in your bhavam, in your feeling. I remember when the super speciality hospital was established at Parthi, it was a hectic time for the doctors and a particular doctor had not visited the mandir for several days together. After many days, he came to the mandir for darshan. And Swami saw him, he went up to him and said, for so many days I didn't see you for darshan. He was a little embarrassed. He didn't know how to explain to Swami. He is in Puttaparthi and he has not had darshan for so many days. He said, Swami, I was doing work in the hospital. And then, you know, he wanted to quote Swami to Swami. Work is worship, Swami, he said. <laughs> you know what Swami said? Bangaru, work is different, worship is different. Why did Swami say that? Is the work in the hospital not Sai service? It is. But why did Swami say that work is different and worship is different? I thought to myself and this is how I understood Swami's statement. It is four o'clock in the evening, darshan time. Your work requires you to be in the hospital. There is no way in which you can come out and go to mandir. But it is darshan time. At that point of time, does your mind for a few seconds go to the mandir? Ah, now Swami is going to come out. He is going to give darshan to devotees. For a few seconds, do you miss Swami in your mind? If you don't, if your thoughts don't go to Him at all, then how can we say that work is worship? On the other hand, if you think, Oh, wonderful, I've got work in the hospital today. I can skip darshan, I can bunk darshan today. How can we say that that service is Worship. We could never play around with Swami. He always assessed each one of our acts, not on our criteria, but on his criteria. How should we do Sai Seva? What is special to Sathya Sai Seva organization? Of course, it was reference was made, I think, this morning or yesterday, but I'll reiterate it and underline it. Swami gives the example of this incident which took place in a village. There was this little calf 
which was struggling in marshy land. It was sinking in the marshy land, struggling to come out of it, not able to come out of it. And the village children, seeing the village youth, were seeing that sight and were having a wonderful time enjoying the discomfiture of the calf. At that point of time, there came a sage who was passing by. He saw the calf. Within a fraction of a second, he jumped into that marshy land, picked up that calf on his shoulders and brought it to dry land. Now it was the turn of the village youth to get very upset with the Mahatma. Mahatma ji, you have spoiled our day. We were having free entertainment and you have robbed us of our simple joys of village life. Then what the Mahatma said is something significant. He said, my dear children, I did not save this calf because of the agony it was going through. When I saw that calf struggling in that marshy land, there was so much pain in my heart, I could not bear it. To relieve that pain in my heart, I was left with no option but to go there and save the calf. Swami says, when you do seva, that should be the spirit. It's not easy to be an instrument of the Lord. One day, a dignitary was visiting Prashantinilam. Swami called a few students and teachers to make arrangements for the dignitary. One of the teachers expressed to Bhagwan, Swami, it is so challenging in the Sai Srinivas guest house. We are told that five dignitary members, families will be there and hundred people arrive and everybody wants to eat there and we make arrangements for food because there is no canteen specially cooked cooking facility in the guest house. We had to go to the ashram, get food from the canteens. He said, Swami, it is so difficult. And Swami said, what is so difficult? As long as the food is there, you tell them, here is the food. And once the food is over, request them to go to the canteen. Now, Swami said it. But we knew from our experience that it was not going to be so easy because everybody and security people and people accompanying the dignitary and so many officials, everybody will walk in. So we had still planned for 100 and we had kept for the dignitary on the second floor, exclusively he was served for the others on the first floor and for the drivers and the police, etc. as a buffet system in an adjacent room. The whole lunch was over and it so happened that almost towards the end, two gentlemen walked in and said, can we have lunch? So one of the teachers came into the kitchen, I was there, and he said, uh, two people have just arrived, can we give them food? 
I looked around, I found that many items were already over and some of these people are very fussy. Rice is there, sambar is not there, rasam is not there and what kind of serving is this? So, we had a little experience of that. So, I was reluctant to say yes and I remembered what Swami had told. If food is over, you tell them, let them go to the canteen. So, that's what the message I conveyed and was conveyed to them as well. In the evening, we went and reported to the elder in the ashram, Mr. Chiranjeev Rao, sir, we completed our assignment. And when we were with him, he said, you know, today evening Swami scolded me. I went to Swami in the evening and Swami said, you know, there were two gentlemen today. I had called them into the interview room obviously after the dignitary had left. Apparently they were officials on duty. And in the interview room, Swami asked them, did you have food? Did you have your lunch? And they said, no Swami. And Swami got up from his chair, went into his kitchen, served food himself on the plate, got it out and in his presence he served them food. I thought to myself, Swami had told us, if food is over, ask them to go to the canteen. That's what happened. Food was over. So many items were over. We did not know that these officials were so preoccupied with their duties that they could not go to the canteen. We had no clue. And we did not know that they were so important that Swami would call them into the interview room. But this is how Swami would cross-examine and validate and scrutinize each one of our works. I thought to myself, if you say you are an instrument of Swami, then like the flute, you should be hollow and you should be straight. Then Swami can play his melody through the flute. Here we were doing our own whims and fancies. No, we don't want to serve an incomplete pate to this gentleman. But Swami did not do it. How is it that Swami who gave us that instruction at that point of time did not serve, did not hesitate to serve them himself when we were so hesitant, that means you are not a perfect instrument of the Lord. To be an instrument of the Lord, you have to be in tune with Him. You have to do as He would have done it. That was a great lesson I learned that day. Some years later, we were doing Gram Seva. And do I have five minutes? One day it so happened that there was some mix-up in the villages to be served by our group. I had gone to some other village and one of the elders came, no, this particular village has to be served. They were serving a village and the neighboring villagers came there and said, whenever this village is served, our village is also served and why are you leaving us and all that kind of confusion took place. So they went to the outskirts of the village there were a small settlement there. They served, they ran out of food. 
because that village was not supposed to be on the cards for that day and they returned. That day, message reached Prashantlim because there were lots of devotees from that village who used to do seva in the ashram. So message reached Swami that our students went to that particular village and left it incomplete. Now that was quite embarrassing and when we checked up, we found we were not supposed to go there. In fact, the outskirts of the village alone had been served, but the instruction was go and make them happy. So another day, after serving our other villages, we went to that village. We were passing by the settlement on the outskirts and all of them started, please give us prasadam, please give us prasadam. He said, we'll come back and give on the way. So we went to the center of the village, served them completely and then we were returning. Every vehicle that was coming back, these villagers would stop, especially the ladies. They said, what about us? You're leaving us. No, our leader is coming in the back. You please ask him. So in the last vehicle, I was sitting in the front. When I reached that spot, you know, the ladies had put a chair of Swami in the center of the road and they were dancing. There was no way the vehicle could have gone forward. So I stopped the vehicle. I said, let us get down. I asked the students to unload the food packets and I said, only food. Because one of my colleagues who had served that settlement earlier, he said, sir, we have already given them clothes. So when I said, only food, the ladies immediately reacted, only food, what about clothes? And they started pretending as if, you know, we were abandoning them we had served all the villages and we were abandoning them and when they fully deserved it. I went to each house, distributed food packets, but the ladies were not satisfied. Then, one of them said, in the whole world, there is nobody who thinks of us, you know. The only one who thinks of us is Swami. And he sent you all here and you are going back without serving us. I felt those words very deeply in the heart. I knew in my heart of hearts that we have already given them clothes and the instruction was that give one sari to each house. But I knew I was violating Swami's command. But I felt that, you know, if this is the bond between Swami and them, let me break the rule, but let me uphold the spirit in which we were doing seva. So I made all the ladies, there were 30 of them, made all of them. In fact, the gent said, you need not give us anything. If you give for the ladies, it's sufficient. Because they had already received. The ladies were more particular that they should get the sari. So I made all of them sit and personally gave the saris to them. And we returned to Prashantriya. It was around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. By 3.30 I was in the mandir. Swami came out. Vedaya recitation is going on. And then Swami was seated there for quite some time and he turned to the right. And he looked at me and he said, come. So I went forward and then Swami whispered into my ear, how were the ladies? How were the ladies? You know, where is the village 
It was 25 kilometers from Parthi. And here in Prashantalayam, one hour later, Swami is asking me, how were the ladies? The insight that I got from that, with what feeling you have given them, with that feeling I have received it through them. Swami wanted us to do seva to realize that there is no two, it is only one. If you want to experience God, my dear brothers and sisters, especially at this current juncture, when physically we cannot see Him as we would have and as we would have liked to have in the past, there is still one way which He has left for all of us to experience Him and that is Seva. On another day, we had gone on a Reiki to a village. On the way, we discovered that there was a group of about 20 huts which was not there on the official map of the government. Can you believe it? It was not there on the official. They didn't know that those people existed. So we went back and reported there is a small settlement and can we also attend to them? We said, why not? So one group went ahead and I got down with a couple of teachers and a few students in that small settlement and that day one of my teacher brothers asked me, why not you distribute the clothes? They were so innocent, so simple, with what reverence they were receiving the clothes. I was deeply touched and something strange happened. As I was giving the saris to the villagers, suddenly, in yoga they call it maybe Kundalini, I, I don't know whether it is that or whatever, I had the experience of Supreme Anandam. It's like, you know, suddenly from ground floor you have been transported to 10th story building and you're looking down and you're seeing all that is below. The mind was transported just by giving a sari to so many villagers. It was transported to such a height for several days after that the mind did not climb down, refused to climb down, I was still in that ecstatic state of mind, just by giving a sari to an innocent, illiterate villager. If you want to experience Swami, because there are two things in the world which only God can give you. Anything else, you can go to any shopping center in Bali, you can buy it. You go to New York City, you can buy it. But there are two things which are non-purchasable in the best markets of the world. What is that? The first is bliss. The second is peace of mind. If you want peace of mind, if you hunger for bliss, anandam, there is only one shop in which these two are available and that is the divine shop. And if you want it from the divine shop, you have to pay the price. That price which Swami wants, not for himself, not for himself, for all of his creation. He said, do this seva and you will experience that bliss, you will experience that peace of mind. So Guru Seva Bina Nirvan Nahi is not merely a bhajan which Swami taught us. He has given us the experience. You want to experience me.
plunge into seva and you will experience me mad bhakta yatra gayantri tatta tishtami narada said lord vishnu narada asked lord lord you keep going all over the world there are so many branch offices which you have but if we want to know which is your head office what is your address where can we come and meet you where can we send our letters to you which is your head office he said wherever my devotees sing my name there i install myself narada but bhagwan says wherever my work is done i manifest myself you want to experience swami plunge into seva we will surely be blessed with that experience with these few words i close here there's a beautiful music program which is coming up i'm sure it's going to be the icing on the cake for this long day of very appetizing diet starting with professor suresh in the morning and i can we all look forward to a very beautiful devotional musical ending to this evening jai sai ram